Hello, DragonCon. My name is Matthew Malice, and welcome to Polyhedron Presents Rolling Up an Actual Play. And before we get into what the heck this is all about, let me introduce my, my co-panelists here. I got Joe Arid of the Pokemon Go podcast. How you doing? <laughs> doing good. Excellent. What do you do over there at the Pokemon Go podcast? I do all kinds of things like talk. Like talk about Pokemon <laughs> <And> Go, <laughs> Pokemon Go, and catch them and turn them into candy. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all about here. All right, and then I got Anthony Reed from Adventures Incorporated. Hello, Anthony. Hi, how are you? I'm good, sir. And what is how is the adventuring going? Uh, oh, it's going actually really well. We are in the uh, the last half a year of our initial five year campaign uh, that we ran. Uh, so we're we're rounding out the first campaign, and uh, it's getting really tense and exciting. So there's good stuff happening, uh, and quite a backlog. If you're interested in it, yeah, it's just a fun. just a wee bit, just, <laughs> just a wee four bit. and a half years of content. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, and I have, uh, oh my lord, I've just forgotten, uh, Alon from the Quid Pro, Ro Quid Pro Roll podcast. Wow, that's a that's a mouthful there, sir. <laughs> that's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we decided, we, you know, the best way the best way to grow anything is word of mouth. So we wanted to make it as difficult as possible <laughs> for people to say. That was the early on, yeah. Yeah. So, and and tell us a little bit about that podcast, sir. Yeah, Quid Pro Roll podcast is an actual play where um, we have a partnership with the women-owned comic book and game store here, Alpha Comics and Games, and Willalon Richmond, and uh, they they DM, and mm. we um, I am the creator producer and one of the embodied flesh players. If you were ever wondering uh, what <laughs> Johannes looks like in the flesh, here it is. He has a mustache and he's <laughs> slightly taller than a halfling. <laughs> All right. Excellent, guys. Thank you very much for being here at the virtual Dragon Con because, well, COVID-19 sucks and we are all stuck at home, but we're going to make the best of it. So to get started on this panel, we're going to like, let's, we're talking about actual plays. So let me ask the uh, panelists here, what is an actual play? Am I even using that term correctly? We'll start with uh, Anthony down there. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think the the interesting thing is that the industry has uh, tried to find its way to settling on a term, mm -hmm. uh, and there are several. Uh, but ostensibly, what we do are we create shows, podcasts, live streams, uh, recorded shows that are uh, a group of players coming together to play some sort of tabletop game and share in that collaborative story and pass that story on to the audience. Mm -hmm. And that is essentially the 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 base pieces that make up an actual play mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very similar to like what you would see a twitch streamer it'd be like hey that guy's playing call of duty that guy's playing uh the uh, uh, ghost of Tsushima. he's playing something we're watching it and that's essentially what an actual play is there's many different terms uh what about you uh alan uh what do you consider is actual play like a good term or what would you prefer to use if, if my, I mean, like if people understand what it is, then it's a great term. <laughs> Just, if I can say actual play and someone's like, Oh, tabletop gaming, uh, then perfect. Um, a lot of times I just say, you know, I, I do 
live entertainment for tabletop games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like try to really boil boil it down to that core element. Um, mine is of course a lot more chaotic than that. Most of the productions quid pro roll is by far the most polished thing I do. I have a lot of other ones that are much more chaotic and ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I, it, those, uh, it, it, it almost pains me to try to make them sound, uh, like they are, uh, you know, organized <laughs> enough to be called an actual player or something. Um, but yeah, as long as people understand what it is, I know that everybody's looking for terms, live play, actual play, uh, dungeon play. I just want to make sure that people don't think we're doing something really weird in a dungeon, uh, or <laughs> not, or not weird. Yeah. Actually in a dungeon, dungeon. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, also have heard the term like RPG E was for RPG yeah. entertainment. That's also another one live play. I actually like, I like live play a little bit better, better personally, just because it, it gets what you're trying to get across more. And I just opinion. want people to know I'm not dead yet. I'm still yes. going fair yeah. that I matter. Yeah. And, uh, Josh, what do you think about like what an actual play is and like what good terminology that you like to use? Joe. Oh, sorry. You said Josh. I was like, who's Josh? Uh, it's <laughs> Josh. I apologize. My bad. Um, yeah. So, I mean, actual play, It the terminology, at least in my mind, is there to just differentiate between people talking about tabletop games in general or, or doing reviews versus actually playing the game. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. personally, I've always liked the term actual play. And I think on the other side of that coin, uh, <laughs> on the other side of that coin, Joe, uh, the, uh, it differentiates between a fiction podcast that might be written and performed and mm -hmm. what we do, which is really uh, in the, between the two things. <laughs> it's a lot of improv, right? What we're yeah. doing is it's a little bit of scripted because you got the GM there. He's like, I'm going to run this game for my friends and we're going to record it. That's essentially what it is. But we, but a lot of the action and what happens is all improv because that's part of the appeal of role-playing games for us in general is because we want to see sort of the um, uh, sort of the unknown to come out during play because you got many serial like scripted podcasts they they write up a script they they do their lines they they polish that up but there's something fun about like that like X factor that comes in with, with, with playing a rolling dice with your buddies, no matter what game you may be playing. Uh, so now that we sort of defined our term of actual play and kind of just what it is, um, we're here to talk about how to put one on um, because all of us here have put one on, on some level, be it just audio only, where kind of like a podcast where people just listen to it, download and listen to it or video um, where we do lot of like, and either like Zoom, like we're doing right here, recordings, or even studio stuff, which is if you're familiar with Critical Role, that's a studio sort of recording uh, situation where everyone's in the same room, everyone's got a lot of equipment, expensive equipment, all directing and trying to create a very polished experience, even though there's a lot of chaos involved. So let's, uh, let's go back over Joe. Um, tell us a little bit about your actual play and sort of sort of the nuts and bolts of how you got started trying to do that. Uh, so mine's actually still in the works, mm -hmm. um, but it all started because I had an idea for a world and I was already a podcaster. And so I thought, Hey, why don't I try to do this as a podcast? And so uh, we'll see how successful it ends up being, but um, I, we've, I've been having a lot of back and forth. It's going to be an actual play with, um, 
me being the the GM and um, actually several of my family members being the players. Ooh, and, family game. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be a family game. It's going to be family friendly. Um, and so there's been a lot of collaboration between uh, me, my two brothers, and uh, one of my sister-in-laws uh, just molding this world to how we want it. Um, and, you know, with playing uh, role-playing games in general, I think you need a lot of buy-in with the players. And so whenever I've done it, whether it be for a project like this or just to play, I always talk to my players. I try to get them invested in the world, get their feedback on the world, because when they're invested, they role-play better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the game is just a lot more fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, uh, uh, Anthony, how, how was your sort of getting, uh, adventures incorporated because you've obviously been doing it for a really long time. So tell us a little bit about the nuts and bolts, how you got started there and sort of how you, you sort of kept momentum going through that, uh, experience. Yeah. So, uh, about five years ago, I had a friend of mine, uh, come to me, uh, and say, you know, we had all been in an improv troupe together in college and time had passed some number of years. Uh, and we were all no longer, you know, we were in contact sporadically or whatever. And and he had said, Hey, we should all get together and play a game online. You know, we're all in different parts of the country, but let's play like a D and D game online as a way to just be connected. Mm -hmm. And I said, that sounds really cool. We will play twice. Twice, and then we will never play again because <laughs> that's how D&D works. You, uh, yeah. lives are too busy and, uh, the calendar monster slays us all. And so it will just <laughs> never, ever do it again. Yeah, we'll talk about that later too. <laughs> and, uh, I said, however, you know, we're all performers. Let's do a podcast. I was doing another podcast with my brother. Uh, and I said, you know what, let's make this into a podcast. And then we're beholden to, if like one person listens, we will be beholden to the audience and we will not let it go. Uh, <laughs> and so now here we are four and a half years later, uh, you know, and that's just how it, how it worked out. I mean, we have made it into something that is just so important to us that it's almost uh, hard to believe what it would be like without it. Uh, mm. but, but that's where that came from was, a desire to continue to do the thing and make us accountable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Alan, what about uh, you quid pro roll and also goblins and growlers? I also forgot to mention that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done, I've done now, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I've done all the things. Uh, the podcast, quid pro audio only podcast. Um, but with, uh, goblins and growlers, um, we do, we've done production games, full production, three cameras, bunch of mics, a lot yep. of live mixing. Yep. Um, and, uh, those have been for charity stuff and things like that, but super fun and very stressful. And then we've also done a lot of, I've done live events, um, with celebrity D and D, which is where I do like I DM for voice actors, um, usually for charities. Uh, mm. I've collaborated with, um, whose role is it anyways? Uh, cause we're all friends from improv days. And then, um, we, I also am doing a live play right now on Twitch called uh, disease save, which has raised over $4,000 for, um, uh, COVID relief, uh, nonprofits. Yeah. Which is really awesome. It, I, I don't, uh, the people who I play with, they're all professional cosplayers. So they make it look really good. And then I'm just there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just me. <laughs> But so I, I've done all of them and they all have their own intricate like difficulties that they come with. But I, I like 
how I got started definitely comes from exactly what everyone's expressed, which is like, I had a group of close friends. We all like really loved hanging out with each other. And we were like, Hey, do you want to make it more stressful to love hanging out with each other? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's do that. And, uh, yeah. And, and quid pro roll was born. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's good because all of us, like, well, obviously we're all gamers. We love to game. And I think part of our desire is not just to have a game with our friends, but also show it to the world. We're here to entertain other people with our shenanigans. I mean, that's really important to us. So we need to think about like, you got to enjoy doing it. You're not going to get rich. Just like pot, normal podcasting. You're not going to get rich. You're not critical role. You're not going to, I could go into a whole other cast about critical role and the impact that it has had good and bad on role playing. But in general, you're there to entertain and you want to present yourself to the world. So let's, so let's work on this. What's our, like we want to start doing this how do we get started uh, generally you want to obviously get people together and you want people a couple questions you need to immediately answer is what are you doing like are you doing it via zoom are you all in the same room are you doing audio only are you doing video only or video audio um how are you releasing it youtube you do a live twitch there's and that's that's all t- technical sort of logistic ones then we got the question of more of the gaming stuff like what game are you running what game does everyone want to play how is that how does that game the mechanics and everything impact what you're doing um so uh joe you're you're gonna use what system were you going to use we'll start there with the the idea i want a game i have a game what system am i going to use with my players what game are you going to use for your future endeavor we're using uh, D&D 5e, 5th uh, mm-hmm. edition, um, but we're doing a lot, a lot of, ho- of homebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, our, we've, over the past few months, what we've done with all of this COVID craziness, while we were putting delays on our actual launches, we've been playtesting, trying to get stuff more and more balanced Mm-hmm. Uh, and making tweaks here and there so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um obviously uh, so you think roll uh fifth edition D is a good vehicle for conveying what you want to do with the game not only as a game master but also to entertain the audience yeah uh, a lot of people are very familiar with uh fifth edition more so than i think any other edition before it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um it yeah I think it'll be a great vehicle to express and do what we want to do. Okay. For inventors, uh, for you guys' uh, games that you do, do you all do fifth edition as well? Does anyone do not fifth edition? Yeah, we do fifth edition um, primarily just, uh, A, it's the most ubiquitous. Like that's what people want to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what they understand. That's what they know. And that was the one I was most familiar with and most comfortable with. Um, I've done like some experimenting with some other uh, systems and like maybe we would do some like bonus stuff on the side in, in some of those. But uh, but fifth edition really is like sort of our meat and potatoes. Correct. And uh, Alan, what about you? Yeah, a quid per roll. Like uh, I've I've been listening to Adventure Incorporated, very similar in that it's fifth edition with like rule rule of cool, like applied over the top of it. Um, is for quid per roll. Uh, Disease save, uh, which is my weekly Twitch fundraising game. We're doing Merkborg. Um, Merkborg. Yes, which is really uh, it's it's metal themed. Uh, you can die at any moment, and sometimes if you level up, you're actually your character gets worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the world could literally end 
at any moment any moment like, we're we're i think we're one d1 away uh from oh the world ending. <laughs> and that happened of course in the first like 10 rolls but yeah. um the Merkborg has its own really unique we chose that one because uh we the there's some unique comedy elements to that and because i already did a 5e it was good to have something different in case people wanted to see some new systems and it was yeah. really cool that Merkborg yeah. also won the awards that they won their yes, lead artist uh has donated to our charity stream a few times cool. so yeah Congrats. super super cool um, and then the, the other system I use is like when I do live plays. So when I'm playing fr in front of an audience, uh, mm. when I'm DMing, I use a system that only uses D twenties. I take out, I, it's basically like as simple, like closer to an AD and D sort of like, yeah, skim the rules, take only what's necessary and make it as streamlined as possible because you have a, a time limit and you're trying to engage an audience. So, um, you know, I, that's, that's what I use for, for that sort of stuff. And, and he, Alon uh, brings up a great point. If you're like, I want to do this with my friends and I want to showcase it is the game system will impact a lot of aspects of what, of what, how people enjoy it. A, Alon uh, said, I got to do a live one, which means I'm in front of a live audience in front of everyone. I need to strip this down to the bare bones so that I, I still have my chaos. It's not scripted it's, or nor is it purely improv. It's all improv, but it's not just a, oh, we're just making stuff up. There are no quote unquote rules. Whereas if you have something that's not like you're recording, maybe you're willing to go in and like get into the nitty gritty of the system, like 5e or even like advanced Dungeons and Dragons, like the old school stuff. And you really want to get crunchy with it because that will all impact how people consume it and if they consume it for what, for what reason they consume it. Because some people like listening to all of the crunchy stuff most people don't it really depends on where you're kind of targeting your audience because i am want to explain real quick is we're when we do this actual play you're trying to bring obviously a product to your audience so you got to keep that in mind with what you're doing uh we're doing star wars right now for uh, as our one of our actual plays but we have done story path system we did uh we've done um uh, trinity continuum uh that's been very interesting because it's actually pretty quick but it still get a little finicky especially since it was an early play test access but star wars seems to be working out pretty pretty smoothly for us um as far as that goes um so, you know obviously we've all you all said 5e is a big is the big 800 pound gorilla in the room just because everyone knows it and alan's mentioned he's using Morkborg and other systems to sort of showcase what other role-playing games because DD is not just all that is role-playing <laughs> um so once you figured out what you want the game you want to play and you want to talk to your you have your players um oh that just reminded myself of something i apologize something about DD that's really important and why i think a lot of people use it is most of the game system and the ip in there is open gaming license which means people are free to use that content as they see fit. It is a bit, it, it could be, I'm not a lawyer. I haven't talked to a lawyer about this, but generally actual plays and live plays are transformative. You're doing your own thing. So shouldn't be get the hammer shouldn't come down on you on that. But when using a system or a setting that is owned by someone else, you'll have to keep in mind with the IP nature of that. And I think Anthony, I know you had to deal with a good deal of that. Can you explain a little bit more about that situation? 
Yeah, I mean, I think in general, uh, actual plays have been very lucky in that Wizards of the Coast has seen the fifth edition actual play for what it is, which is a walking advertisement. Uh, And as opposed to, you know, maybe some other uh, very high profile companies, (laughs) CBS, uh, that maybe don't realize when people are doing things from a fandom that it helps build your brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the... uh, you know, there are certainly concerns. At one point in our show, we use a beholder. Uh, a beholder is not part of the open gaming license and is mm-hmm. part of a uh, is part of Wizards IP. They own the concept of the beholder. And if we ever wanted to do something where we like sold rights to the show or something, that's something we would have to strip out uh, and and you know transform in a way. And ultimately, it was a, it was a balancing decision that I wasn't um, you know I wasn't sure at the time. And ultimately, I, I chose to include them uh, as I think they're so iconic to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but it's certainly something that you know that's a concern that you might have if you're worried about uh, how, how your show will, you know, ownership of the IP within it would carry through. Right. Exactly. It just, uh, did any of you guys, Joe or Alon, have you guys had to deal with the IP issue uh, with doing either doing research or when you're actually doing your actual play? We have an IP lawyer. So yeah. So we, we, again, we, put on we put on a lot of of productions with goblins and growlers that's the started as uh an inclusive community building through live tabletop events community and it's grown from there um to the point where we have a lot of productions we put on we have an art team um we create a bunch of art and we have uh, multiple times like uh beholder's a really good example we had a really amazing um art piece done by one of our art our, our art team, uh, Sharon from Feral Fox. Uh, it was a beautiful beholder. It had makeup on and blush and huge <laughs> eyelashes. And inside the eye, it said beauty. So it was beauties in the eye of the beholder. Right. Uh... It's amazing. It was so good. We uh, talked to our lawyer about putting that on a shirt and our lawyer was like, no, Mm-mm. no, 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 no. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of that where like, we have to be really careful because we do make money on, um, some of our production. Um, Mm. the stuff that we do for charity, we're a little bit more like, okay, we'll let them come after us. If they (laughs) see us raising money for homeless cats or LGBTQ plus youth and decide that they don't want to be a part of that. But, um, right. But, but most of the time uh, we, uh, like we very intentionally avoid anything that's not, um, that's not, uh, free, um, yeah. Anything that's IP, we, we try really hard to avoid because we just don't want to, we just don't want to get into it. And our lawyer doesn't want us to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I can totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I will say real quick too, because of the, uh, the audience that we have, if you're looking to start a podcast, if you're, if your goal is to be listened and to be like Anthony talked about, like a walking billboard for the game system and the game and something that's entertaining and fun, you sh- you're in the clear, like, don't, look at what I'm talking about and, and think that that's, um, a problem. Yeah. you, you yeah. should be completely in the clear. And if you start getting big enough where it becomes an issue, a lot of times wizards will partner with you or has shown that they are willing to partner with people to make that happen. Um, right. and not just wizards, but pathfinder, et cetera, et cetera. Piso, uh, that would be Piso. Right, um, right, right. Thank you. I, I do think it's important to know, though, that is the climate we live in now. And we have been very lucky that wizards has been so cool about it. Yeah. Uh, but that might not always be the case. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I would say like, if you start to get into where uh, you're creating things for a Patreon or if you're at, like we go to 
conventions and we have a booth and we sell things uh, that are tabletop oriented. Um, consult a lawyer, consult an IP lawyer. Uh, yep. That's where you're starting to get into some pretty hairy stuff. And unless you yourself know things about that, I know nothing. I know yeah. absolutely nothing. I can improv that I know a lot, but I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, just something to consider for your, for your podcast or your actual play or your live play. Yeah, um, please do. Just especially if you expect in the future, if you're really trying to aim for that popularity, you're trying to get big. If you're just a little outfit, you're just doing it to have fun and to showcase it to your world, go ahead. Um, you can even contact, just like you said, uh, Wizards. Uh, um, most of these gaming companies, if you say, hey, I'm doing an actual play, and they'll pr help you promote. I know Onyx Path, they do a lot of like stuff on their official, they release a lot of actual plays on their YouTube uh, that they've been gotten into in the last like year. And so they've obviously been parting, partnering with a whole bunch of people to say, yeah, you can bring your content, put it on our channel. You'll get our publicity because it only helps us sell more books and sell the content that we get money off of. So everyone's happy. Everyone's making money. No one, you shouldn't drag it, uh, drag it all through the mud as it were. Cause if, yeah. uh, man, if wizards, if we were just pulled on that, that'd be, that'd be harsh. That'd be so harsh. There'd be so much backlash. To that. Well, it wouldn't really work for anybody in this instance, right? <laughs> no, it wouldn't work for them. And it would just leave a lot of people real mad, but, uh, but it's in their prerogative to do so. And it's important yeah. to remember that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's also, I know we're talking a lot about IP and we'll, we'll skip off this in a second, but it's important because the way the United States, uh, IP law works is they have to defend their IP. Because if they can't actively defend it, they lose. They start act, act, uh, actually losing their rights to it, and then people can. Uh, there's a reason why Disney has spent a lot of money changing the IP like laws that exist because Mickey Mouse would be in the uh, uh, would be in the uh, public domain. domain. Yeah. 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 And just real quick, I know you said you wanted to get off this, but yeah. Um, no, go ahead, man. Wizards has done a ton to facilitate uh people being able to you know like you said they've been really cool about it but they've got uh dms guild mm -hmm. um and they've got uh resources if because you can go dms guild route you could go the ogl route like you had mentioned before you can do your own thing all together and so they they do try to provide um helps with whichever way you want to do it to know kind of what you can and cannot use um and especially if you go say the dm's guild route uh they provide a bunch of stock uh art and things like yep. that that you yep. can use with your your own homebrew stuff that you want to post there yeah he's absolutely correct they have as a lot of people say in the industry in the rpg industry the where dnd goes so does everyone else. And once the DMs Guild has seen that make a lot of money and they've really curated their way of opening up their license to other, other people's use, a lot of other companies have almost the exact same policy. So I know Onyx Path has the, uh, the Story Path Vault, whereas basically you can get art, you can get content, and you're allowed to actively create your own stuff and put it up, make money. Now, this is more RPG, like typing, making traditional con like book content but I can see it very easily moving over into the digital audio video space of yeah. people allowing to use this IP uh, in order to promote, because it just helps everyone because everyone right. wants to get a P be a part of it in one way or another. I'll yeah. also say, you know, 
just as much as they have all these really cool resources for you to use their stuff, please, 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 uh, because you all out there are just the fact that you're here, you're kind of a little bit of silly, ridiculous people uh, that you're thinking of even starting this. Like it doesn't, a sane person wouldn't be here thinking about starting a, an actual play. Um, create your own stuff, create your own stuff. We had a yeah. Turk duck in Chimera, Chimera. Uh, right. And, and like, you can find some really ridiculous, really fun, um, uh, I'm so glad Zarko came to. No, no, I was about to introduce our uh, fifth uh, co-panelist here, uh, Zarko no, the cat. Anybody who who twitches uh, watches me on Twitch would be mad if I didn't leave the chair for Zarko to come when <laughs> no. she decided to. Uh, so, but like, make your own stuff, make some fun stuff. Yep. Then you never have to worry about IP. Um, you can make like we did a a, a, a Rubik's cube of um, what's the uh, what's the uh, acid cubes from uh, Joanna's cube. Yeah, gelatinous. we did a Rubik's gelatinous cube uh, puzzle at one point. So like things like that, like you, you get creative, do your own silly stuff. Um, because I, I think that using finding like what's what's not IP and then making your own twists on it um, is a really fun process. And, and a lot of times we'll really engage your viewers into some, I don't know, some cool stuff. That's that's stellar advice right there. Um, because you are creating your own content because you're just creating an actual play. So you're going to be in that creative mode anyways. Might as well try to flex those muscles even more and create your own thing because you never know what may come out of it. Never know what may come out of it. So let's hop off the IP train because that was a big part of what... Uh, it's important. It can get you in a very sticky situation even though you may not be thinking about it at the beginning of your sort of endeavor. So let's let's talk more about the logistics stuff. Like I talked about microphones, cameras, and the format and what you want to do. Joe, how do you want to sort of broadcast, record and broadcast your content? What were, what were you thinking? Um, we're still debating on what um, voice over IP software we want to use. Um, right now we're leaning towards Skype, but we're not sure. Ultimately, you choose what works for you. Um, but as far as physical space, because that's going to help determine sound and visual quality. Um, we're going to be focusing primarily on podcasting, so we're not focused so much on the visual aspect. Um, but we just, uh, my brother, he's going to be, he's going to be recording from his basement and cement walls. It's not acoustically good, you know, so we actually went out, uh, hopped online, bought two uh, king size foam toppers mm -hmm. and he has now plastered uh, the wall in front of where he's going to be recording and uh, partially on the two walls next to it. Um, so kind of a little horseshoe and uh, the sound quality is just night and day difference there. Good and job. so just being cognizant of your, your recording area um, can help facilitate, but ultimately, you know, I talk about uh, that, but ultimately your, your initial goal if you don't want to be spending too much money is make your audio quality just so that it's not annoyingly bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I can second that. Um, I've had, I've heard a couple of people who are like, I want to do an actual play and they would put one mic in the middle of their table and just turn the gain all the way up. And I'm like, Oh, and then I was like, Oh, well, let me listen to that and I'll see if I can clean it up. And I was like, Nope, <laughs> Nope, not doing it. Uh, we're all reacting or even turtles are our phantom, uh, man in the sky is even reacting to what I just said, because it matters, uh, as the, any sort of audio recording or podcasting is crap in crap out. 
the better quality you get at the beginning, the the better it's going to be on the editing on the back end. Always keep that in mind. Um, obviously, with most podcasting, you also think: Are you one channel mixing? Do you have multi channel? Um, uh, Zoom is really cool, and because of COVID, I've had to do a lot with Zoom. And Zoom and Zoom has a great function that you can record each person individually. That's fantastic. That's great. But if you do record in the same space, that can also be a problem because if you have multiple microphones, somebody's microphone will pick up another person and that causes a huge problem because you're going to hear them in their track and it's going to create this huge echoey effect that you, you can't clean up. You can't do really next to nothing about. Um, so keep that in mind. What are you guys' experiences? We'll start with Anthony about either just recording and what some of the equipment that you've used. Yeah, so um, the way that we handle recording now, and this has been a process that we've come to, um, is that I everyone records their own audio locally. So uh, when we record, we all play on Zoom. They record their own audio locally, and they send me the files yep. uh, that then I take and bring into. I use Adobe Audition uh, because I have a .edu on my email address, uh, so it's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how you got that. <laughs> <laughs> podcast uh, cheat codes 101 yeah work at a college do yourself a favor uh so uh i but i uh, use adobe audition i put the six uh audio recordings together and then i line them all up and then i keep them you know i edit from there you know silencing people when they need to be silenced or making cuts and dragging out over talking like whatever needs to happen um and that lets us compress it down into an MP3 uh, of decent quality, mono mixed, and send it out the door to from there. Uh, but <clears throat> it wasn't always that way, right? Like, and we've had our own challenges. We had two people who were both using condenser microphones, not dissimilar to this one, which has a great warm sound if you're in a room that can uh, that can handle it. Right. Uh, and then they uh, moved in together, so now they both had a condenser microphone in the same room, and uh, that was not going to work. So uh, you know they had to make the change to go over to dynamic microphones, and uh, you know the the process that we we're able to work through over time. Uh, you know, everyone's in a much better place now uh, with their microphone and their equipment, but it's also something that you can come to, right? Like we have episodes of the show that someone messed up and we have to use the zoom backup and mm -hmm. it's not perfect, but uh, if you're always putting content out and the content is good, then, you know, people are willing to allow you to grow and adapt and, and get better over time. As right. long as you're getting better. Yeah, if yep. you're getting worse, that be, that's a problem. Maybe your heart's not in it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe you should be doing something else. Maybe, maybe that's your shtick. <laughs> it's just a podcast that gets worse and worse and worse. It's just over time. Uh, a Watch podcast implode real time. Yeah, I don't know. A podcast where the host is just like uh, really terrible and getting worse all the time sounds terrible. I don't think anyone would be into that. Um, no, no one. So uh, the but but in general, like the audience is willing to come along in this journey with you to a certain extent. And as long as you have a meet a base level of like quality at the beginning, you're okay to just keep getting better over time. And don't worry too much. If like, you don't have the perfect thing. Now you can get something better as, as time goes on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Alon, what about you? And you had a lot more live experience, even in front of an audience than we do. So give us a little bit of insight, insight into that, as well as like the logistics that goes in and making sure you have good quality uh, presentation. Uh, yeah. So for the audience. 
Right. I, I want to say at the top, like I've watched a number of right here on the digital media track, there's been a number of amazing audio engineer focused panels. DC TV is, is I think $10. It's like nothing. Buy it. Go and watch those panels. I know I'm kind of like sucking up to, to Dragon Con right now, but seriously, they answer questions so far in depth that we can't touch on because we don't have the time to, right. uh, but, there is, but will really help you, especially if you're starting a podcast, but that goes doubly for live. Um, we own our microphones. We have an audio mixing board. Uh, we have all of that gear, not because you always need it at all the venues you go to, but because you're going to need something, there's always something. And if you don't plan for it and it's a live event and it goes on at eight and you have to be set up at seven and the doors actually like open at six or whatever, it, it becomes such a crunch. And not only that, but hire an audio engineer, do yourself a favor. If you can get an A and V person, um, then the like greatest thing you can possibly do for yourself is, is cause you're trying to get into like, especially if you are one of the performers, whether you're a player or whether you're the DM or et cetera, you're, you're going to have your own whole lot of stress to deal with. Uh, I always do improv warmups outside with people, with my casts um, to try to back in the before times when you would be able to do live events, uh, would, be with people in the right, same room. Right. Um, but uh, so you have, I, I, there's so many moving parts Having somebody who's going to manage that, who is not going to be on stage is really important. And having somebody who's going to manage specifically just the audio and video in case you have any issues is really important. Um, yeah. There's so many more things that I've learned through failing, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. And a lot of times I can't remember who it was. It might've, uh, it might've been Joe, it might've been uh, Charles, but somebody in chat said, uh, experience is the thing you get right after you most needed it. Um, <laughs> and, perfect. uh, right. That's the case. So if you're, if you're planning on doing those live events, the first thing I'd say is like, find some dragon con panels where people talk about it and see if you can learn the mistakes before you yourself have to make them. Yeah. Um, yep. and never underestimate the, the importance of having somebody who is like a manager. Um, yep even if you don't have like a manager, we do, so, but you know, whatever works, but just don't underestimate the importance of having somebody who's not on stage, who's not doing, but who is generally overseeing things. Um, and that's a good point. Instead of what we talked about equipment, human, that's human beings are also the resource. They are a piece. I, I, I hate to see this. It's good. But are a piece of equipment. No, they are there to, they are a human resource for you to use to make present the best quality thing that you can um that will take money and that will take time and that will take experience um but as things go on and if you're committed to doing it you will all get better um i do see we have questions in the chat i will hit them up we're about 10 minutes when we're 10 minutes out i'll, I'll we'll present them so if you have any more make sure you're putting them in the chat so we can see them but uh, what, are, what I wanted to get to before we get to those questions is something we hit, hit on at the beginning that's very important. That is the, dread, the, the vorpal sword to all role players is scheduling. Scheduling, scheduling, scheduling. Because I'm going through this right now. I'm starting a new group. It's obviously not a recording. It's just us playing. And scheduling is a nightmare. Um, Joe, how are you handling scheduling? Uh, I know you haven't started recording. How do you think you're going to handle scheduling? Uh, the plan is to record two episodes at a time mm -hmm. and we're not going to release any until we have at least four or five in the tank already, uh, because we're not, um, it, it's not like it's something that is time sensitive. Uh, and so it, it be it, just delaying it like that. Isn't going to be a problem. Like with Pokemon go podcast, 
that's very topical. It's very time sensitive. This is what updated, but this is stuff that we are creating. And yep. so having, having a backlog so that if we miss a week here or there, because it's someone's anniversary or it's a, a holiday, you know, something like that, where somebody gets sick, then we, we don't have to stress about trying to rush it. Mm-hmm. We have a back catalog of stuff that we can put out. That's an insanely smart advice right there from Joe. You have a back catalog so that you can work around it. There are a lot of people I've heard that are like, we do it like every two weeks and maybe you can keep that up for a long period of time. But then there will just be chunks of time where you're like, we can't put anything out because we couldn't record. Um, Anthony, how, how has scheduling been for you and yours? Uh, obviously, five years of experience have taught you a few things. Certainly. Um, one thing that it taught us like is exactly what you're talking about that you need to, you, you know, we can't live, uh, recording to release like that. Uh, there has to be some amount of space there. First of all, a show like this takes time to edit. Uh, we, we record for about three hours, uh, and we pull from that two hour and 15 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. So there's a break Mm -hmm. in there. There's enough dead air in there. There's enough us trying to do math that uh, there's enough things to cut that we usually wind up with, uh, you know, two episodes out of a three hour recording. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we get to record two weeks in a row. Sometimes it's once a month. And so you got to make sure that there's enough room there for you to breathe that if something comes up, if people's lives are the way that people's lives are, we're all adults, we all have other things going on that, you know, we have never missed a release and uh, you know, if I have any way of helping it, we never will because (laughs) to me, that is the most important thing is making sure that every Monday when people are doing their thing or whatever day you release on, that's when people want to engage in your content. And if it's not there, they will go somewhere else. There's a lot out there. Uh, And so if you're not there for them, they're happy to find someone who is <laughs> as sad as it is. It's true. It's a, it's a buyer's market as it were. They, they can yeah. go somewhere else and you, they may really love you. And if you come back the next week, you'd be like, okay, that's cool. Your guys are fine. But if you're like, uh, we skipped two months. Mm-mm, they're not going to be there anymore. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we were very lucky in that, uh, the way that we do the show is already sort of, uh, COVID proof. So when, yeah. <laughs> when the pandemic hit, we recorded twice as often because we could, no one else had anything else going on. Um, so like I'm working on a very nice little nest egg. Hopefully, I mean, our goal right now, as we wrap up toward the end of the campaign is to have a few months to begin prepping on the next campaign and, and just, or just relax or just yeah. relax um, no. what, what lo- is relaxing you, know, yeah. <laughs> you live happen. a podcaster's life sir yeah. uh, <laughs> alan how how's scheduling been for you guys because obviously you have gigs to get to you have plate venues you got to be at so that actually adds another element to it yeah yeah so when it comes to recording it's a job that's you set the expectations for what your goals are up front. And if your goal is to produce a podcast, then recording is a job. Uh, you have to be there. Uh, there is no excuse for being there unless you're dying. If you're dying, then they, you know, Pat bring up doctor's note sort of thing. <laughs> literally we kind of, you Here's have to the priest, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to operate on that because, um, there are going to be like weekends where, uh, you know, if we are invited to perform at a convention, um, for one of our other productions, that's a couple of the, uh, voices on the podcast who are not going to be there. So like, we have to hit the times that we have. And, and I think that that just as, um, what everybody has talked about already, um, like you have, you have to hit it cause your, your, your audience is expecting an episode 
And if they don't have it, they already know, oh, quid parole's not out. I got it. Polyhedron Adventure Incorporated to go get to. And after that, like there's some Pokemon Go content that I've been really trying to to catch up on. And so, you know, there is a, not only is there that expectation from the audience, but I think also you need to have, you need to have that expectation of yourself. Like, and, and sometimes that means if you have, like, if you're smart, you have a big backlog of episodes before you start releasing them. Uh, we've run into the time where like every now and again, I, I have a little prelude to our episode where I'm like, Hey guys, it's been a long month. Uh, so this episode is 30 minutes, please. <laughs> we love you so much. Uh, we'll have a nice long chunky episode next week. But <laughs> this is just where we're at right now. And the nice thing is if you, if you, um, create stuff for your audience and you really, and you really listen to them and you're, you're connected to them, um, they'll understand. Mm-hmm. And so don't feel like that is the end of the world, but at the same time, you know, you do have, uh, once I, th- I think Anthony said it at the top, when you have one listener, if you have just one, you have an, like you have a, an obligation to them. If you've created the story and started to, if that was part of your goals in making the podcast or making the entertainment. Yep. So thank you guys very much. We're going to take some questions. We've got about five. If Charles is really nice to us, maybe 10 minutes. So we're going to go rapid fire through these. All right. Uh, first one, which is the most important question. Elon, is that your real hair? Yes. I showed it. I showed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. I was like, I gotta, I gotta say something. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's very Northern European. Yeah. And it, that's very, his, also his mustache. So as an added bonus, that's I glued this on. This was a lot of Rogaine before the show. <laughs> <laughs> just, just lather it on. Uh, well, um, so uh, this is a good question, I think, uh, because we really couldn't hit on it because man, I could speak for like four hours about this. Um, uh, how do you pick a topic, theme, or genre for your game? Let's talk about that real quick. Um, my I'll do a ten-word like, answer. Yeah, kind of like uh, yeah. like any other game that you would run. Like that's my thing. It's like whatever sparks your joy. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll go with uh, Joe because Joe is uh, is getting in on that uh, that horse. So sparking your joy is a great place to start, um, but. If you want to be a long-lasting podcast, you better do something, uh, do a genre game and stuff that you can do long-term, that mm-hmm. you have fun with continuously. Uh, because like uh, somebody said in chat, at some point it might become too big to quit. You feel that obligation Ooh. to keep going. And you don't, you, this is supposed to be fun. It's a hobby. You know, like you said earlier, we're not, you're not going to get rich being a podcaster, you know, 99% of people aren't getting rich being a podcaster. And so, uh, do, do something that, you know, you can love long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick something. There's a reason why D and D and fantasy is a big thing. It's easy to kind of extend out call Cthulhu. That's going to probably be a little more short-term. Uh, what about Anthony Reed, uh, Alan and Anthony guys got any comments about this question? Yeah. I mean, this is just such a deeply personal thing, right? Like uh, if you aren't playing the game you want to play, no one else is going to want to play it with you. Uh, yeah. And if you aren't having that's, fun, that's no solid. one else is going to have fun. Make it fun. Yeah. Uh, everything that I've been able to do has been a result of us just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And getting lucky. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you're going to probably fail, but fail forward. As we put in the RPG terms, you're going to fail, but learn 
and then try to spitball that into success later on. The next uh, time you, you get advantage. So if you roll a one, you get one more chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just work on that work on that luck feet. You want that luck feet, man. That's broken. <laughs> Broke tier. Uh, another question is how do you deal with people whose work uh, a rolling shift uh, and can't commit to a specific day? I think I, yeah, I have a great I, answer for this yeah. one. I had, I had a person in my game who then this happened to. Uh, and so one of the things that we did was uh, basically he had another spirit in his mind that like, if he wasn't there and he couldn't play his character, I just had that spirit show up and be like, yeah, I'm just following you guys. Right. Like uh, <laughs> we made like, you know, it was a plot reason. There was a story around it. It wove into the thing to a point where you might notice his absence, but it wasn't felt in the game world as an absence. Since, mm. And that helped to push that forward. You know, it was super unfortunate. And as soon as we could get it rectified and any time we could record with him, we would rather record with him. But on the times it didn't happen, you know, the dude was a doctor. What am I going to do? Tell him not to go doctor. So yeah. uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, every once in a while we had to create circumstances in game by which he could be not there and have it not feel weird. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you got to get creative. Uh, I got to jump in because we got to roll out here in a few minutes. So I apologize. I know I wish it was like normal dragon con where you could talk. We could go outside the panel room. We could talk for another hour about whatever we wanted to talk about, answer everyone's questions, but we just can't do that. So I want to thank everyone for coming on. Uh, I appreciate them. Uh, so we're going to go around the room for pluggables, pluggables, Joe pluggables. All right. Uh, Pokemon go podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Pokemon go pod. And uh, if you want to check in on my upcoming project, just uh, Google search a sort of geekdom. Sword of geekdom. Got it. A assorted. A sorted. A sorted. Uh, sorry. I thought it was a sword. All right. Anthony, what about you, big man? Uh, Adventure Incorporated. It's at adventuringpod.com and at adventuringpod on Twitter. And if you're really into 300 hours of audio, buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Hope you like it. And Alon, thank you very much. What, where can people find you on the interbuts? Uh, I, I want to say real quick, Anthony also has a, a live, a live pre-recorded D and D show coming at 2 AM tonight. That's uh, right. So and if, you're like, on it. if you're like, I, I guess, but, but, and, and so does, so does Matthew. Uh, no. So, uh, if, if you're like, Hey, uh, I need to figure out if the four and a half years are right for me. Check that out. Anthony's amazing. <laughs> Anthony's amazing. If you love it, it, put a ring on it. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find, I, like I said, I do a lot of things. Uh, the easiest way to follow me is to follow goblins and growlers, go to goblins and It links to all of our cool, unique stuff, including, um, merch. If you're excited about that. Um, the other thing, uh, and our Patreon, if you're really excited. Uh, and the, the other thing is, uh, I am at the dungeon Meowster, uh, on Instagram. So if you're really into, uh, fundraising for cats and, uh, homeless cats and TNR and stuff like that, or LGBTQ plus youth, you can follow me at the dungeon Meowster. All right. Excellent. And you can find me at polyhedron cast on Twitter or polyhedroncast at gmail.com. If you want to know more about our show, just look us up on any of the podcatchers. We should be there. Um, also patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, you, you will take us right to it. If you really want to throw us a buck and help support us, but regardless, I want to give a big shout out. Thank you to my panelists. Thank you to Charles. Thank you to DragonCon for hosting this panel and providing a, hopefully some insight into the world of the new sort of 
space of actual plays for role-playing games um and if you really like this make sure you give feedback to dragon con that you want us back next year so we because we got more we could just throw at you guys promise so from everyone here at polyhedron go where your fun is and go roll some dice